I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. My friends, hello, hello, hello. I am ready to rock and roll with you today. Today's episode is going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about willpower and its pitfalls and ultimately why it doesn't work. Like most people, you've probably tried to improve your life or kick a bad habit using willpower. Maybe you frustratingly had to admit that you've been setting the same New Year's resolution since like 2008 or whatever. (laughs) We've all been there. We set big goals and take a bunch of action only to revert right back to the way things were before. And it's especially frustrating when we believe we know what to do, but we just aren't doing it. It's easy to conclude at that point that you just lack the willpower. But what if willpower isn't actually the problem? We tend to look at willpower like some virtue, but it can also have a negative connotation for people because a lot of people have either believed or been told that that's the reason they aren't succeeding. You just don't have enough willpower. That's why you can't lose the weight. All you have to do is eat less and exercise more. What's wrong with you? You should be able to do that. A lack of willpower is the number one reason people say that they haven't achieved their goals yet. So I want to clear up why willpower should not be your strategy of choice and how relying on it too heavily is what's leading most of you to self-sabotage. Let's be honest, your willpower was gone the moment you woke up, rolled over, and checked your phone. We are constantly being tripped up by triggers and willpower can work until it doesn't, right? And there's lots of situations throughout a day where it doesn't do the trick. When you're mentally trying to muscle yourself through a diet, you're not actually figuring out how to lose the weight in a way that you can actually keep it off and enjoy what you're doing to get it off and keep it off. With willpower, you only have so much of it. You only have a limited amount of it and it depletes with use. So instead of asking yourself what you can do to get more of it, how to increase that limit, you need to be asking yourself how you can get yourself to do what you need to do without relying on it. You need to learn how to eat the way that you want to be eating and take the kind of actions you want to be taking in a way that doesn't require high levels of willpower or any willpower at all. Willpower is all about white knuckling it and gritting your teeth. And it's intense. It will wear you down until you eventually give in. That's why I say it works until it doesn't. How you know you're using willpower is that it feels like you're making yourself do stuff. It's like, ugh, (laughs) so much mental effort. If you're required to use willpower, it's because there's an obvious internal conflict. You want to eat the cookie, but you also want to be healthy and lose some weight. So it feels like you're in conflict with yourself. You know what you should do, but you don't feel like doing it. So you're relying on willpower to get yourself to do it. And when the willpower runs out, you cheat and do all kinds of things you know aren't necessarily good for you. That's why even though sometimes we know better, we don't do better. We're not acting based on what we know or what 
we tell ourselves is actually good for us. We're acting based on our emotions. A lot of the time when we're taking those actions based on our emotions, we're then after kind of rationalizing it. So we want to look out for that feeling of justification because that's usually the emotion that's produced on the other side of us using a whole bunch of willpower. And what ends up happening is a lot of the time we're waiting around for the weekend or that cheat day when we'll be able to get off our own backs and kind of like relax a little bit. Because with willpower, you're trying to control the impulse to eat or whichever other impulse with things like shame and scare tactics and negativity, like you'll never be able to lose the weight if you keep eating like that. And so you're putting a lot of pressure. And that's usually because what you want isn't clearly defined enough in your mind. So as an example of this, two people can come to me and tell me that they want to lose 20 pounds. On the surface, they can think that they share the same goal. But when we dig in, their desire, their why, isn't going to be the same. Or even if it is, let's say it's to increase their confidence. Even if both of them lose the 20 pounds, if one of them lost it without learning how to become more confident in the process, then they really haven't achieved their goal even if they've lost the weight. That tells me they used willpower to lose the weight instead of making an identity shift to become the person capable of the result. And this happens with a lot of us. We don't take the time to unpack why it is that we want what we want, what we think it's going to do for us in our lives. And so we disregard integrating into our process all the things that are going to be required of becoming that person. Right? If your goal is so that in losing the weight, you become someone who is in love with their life and in love with themselves and able to give so much more of themselves because of that, but you're loathing yourself to lose the weight and you're taking all your frustrations out and you're miserable to everyone around you in the process, is that really going to get you to where you want to be? No, right? So I'm much more interested in who my clients think losing the weight will allow them to become. And you might think about that in relationship to your specific goal, right? So if they're not losing the weight in a way that allows them to learn how to become that person now, not just when they have the result, they're going to feel like they're trying to escape themselves. Never start a diet or program that you have to escape from to feel like yourself again. If you have to get away from the diet in order to feel good, there's no way you're going to get good at making those decisions consistently. Of course, you're going to end up sabotaging your weight loss. That's no way to live your life. It's exhausting to keep that up. So the result is not enough motivation to get you to embrace the process of change and the discomfort of change. It's who you believe you will become in the achievement of your goal that matters. Your process has to bring you into relationship with yourself or else you'll be running in on the fumes of willpower. You'll still have all of that internal debate and conflict until you bring your desired result into alignment with who you are. You're going to keep relying on willpower and you'll end up making minimal progress because you'll be able to get yourself to follow through for a period of time but you don't really have your back in the process. And so that's always going to fall through. As willpower gets depleted, generally what happens is you start to experience an overall change in the intensity of your feelings. 
So let's say you were resisting a craving for a cookie and then you have part of the cookie and what happens is that people report an even stronger craving to eat the rest of the cookie or another cookie and so that first bite doesn't satisfy the craving. It's not enough to make it go away. It actually ends up intensifying the craving or intensifying whatever emotion you might have been feeling right before you reached for the cookie. That's what happens, right? And that's because when your willpower tapers off, your craving actually gets stronger. So when you're trying to stop overeating and you're using up your willpower to try and break the habit, it actually increases your desire for the food more strongly. And you'll be prone if you have one of those off weeks where you find yourself having a hard time staying on plan to have bigger emotions because you're using so much of your willpower to resist the way that you're feeling, to resist your cravings, and it just amplifies the experience of those things. And you'll revert back to your old patterns because how have you learned to cope with those big emotions in the past? With food, right? So to have a self-compassionate response to ourselves when willpower falls through as a strategy is really important because a lot of us have taught ourselves to rely on willpower, but willpower runs out. If you're committed to the result at the expense of the relationship you have with yourself, that's never going to work out in the long run. When you're telling yourself that you can't have something, what happens in your brain is that your brain doesn't do negation. So all your brain registers is that thing that you're telling yourself not to be focused on. So you become extra focused on that thing that you don't want. If you're thinking, don't eat that, how that gets processed in your brain is eat that. You end up wanting it more. Think about how hard it can be to get a song out of your head. So those thoughts can just loop and loop the more that they're resisted. This boomerang effect is what's called an ironic process. The more you try to not think of something like food or the, the thing that you're craving, the more you end up thinking about it, right? You've probably experienced that before. When your willpower gets used up and depleted, activity shifts from one part of your brain to another. So the use of your prefrontal cortex, which is used to make rational, forward-thinking decisions that take into account your well-being, well, that tapers off. And the more primitive parts of your brain that are driven by immediate gratification go into high gear. So your conscious brain gets overpowered by your habit brain. You go from being a more rational decision maker to one driven much more by their emotions. The way I want you to think about willpower is as a temporary burst of energy that helps us overcome mental fatigue and make the decisions from a more rational place. But if a person uses up that energy, eventually they succumb to their urges and desires and to temptation. So what uses up that energy and what can we do to not rely on it when we're mentally fatigued? How can we get ourselves to follow through when we don't feel like following through? There was a study that was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology back in 2012 that had 205 adults wear a beeper that would ask them randomly throughout their day whether they were resisting a desire and then how strong that desire was, and whether they were successful in resisting it or not. And what they found is that 
the more desires a person had resisted, the more likely they were to give in to future desires. Think of it this way. If you had a long, stressful day at work, and while you're working, you're resisting the desire to pull out your phone and check Facebook or play games, and maybe you're resisting the desire to get up and just walk around or go grab a snack, you're resisting all of these desires. And in doing so, you're using up that willpower throughout your day to stay on task and to keep yourself from mentally checking out. So you might understand from there that it's much harder at the end of the day to resist that desire to just plop down on the couch and watch Netflix instead of going to the gym, right? We run out of fuel to keep making decisions that are truly in our best interest. It turns out that what uses up our willpower are decisions. The more decisions we have to make throughout a day, especially if they're big and stressful decisions, the more vulnerable we are to making emotional decisions and giving in to temptations like buying junk food at the supermarket, right? There's a reason they place those candy displays right by the checkout. After walking through the grocery store, you've had to make so many decisions, usually after a long day at work too, where you've had to make lots of decisions. So that makes you more susceptible to running out of that capacity to resist temptations and it makes you more susceptible to just reach over and grab one of those chocolate bars. This is what's known as decision fatigue. But here's what's interesting. In the study, the people who are the best at self-control and said that they were the type of person who was good at resisting temptations were the ones who actually reported fewer temptations throughout the whole study. So people with high self-control were apparently just using less of it. And then there was this other study titled, What's So Great About Self-Control, where researchers gathered data from 159 university students and found that those exerting more self-control were not, in fact, more successful in achieving their goals. Not what you might expect, right? But it turns out that it was the people who planned their lives so that they didn't have to use self-control who were the most successful. So the antidote that's kind of the kryptonite to willpower depletion is planning and making lots of decisions ahead of time. Rather than relying on willpower and self-control, you need to create an automated response. This is what's called an implementation intention. The more decisions you make ahead of time, the less you open yourself up to that mental tug of war between different alternatives that calls on you to use willpower. Implementation intentions are if-then statements. Those decisions prepare you and increase your internal consistency. It's about putting yourself into a state of confidence that you know you can handle whatever environmental conditions, whatever situation you throw yourself into without feeling like you can't go to the party just because there's going to be food there that you'd rather not be eating. You can't have confidence if you continually act in ways that contradict your commitments and intentions. That's understandable. So one thing I do in Think Yourself Slim is we use a tool called the 24-Hour Mindful Meal Plan, and I've covered that in a previous episode. But essentially, it outlines your implementation intentions. If it's on your plan, then you can eat it. If it isn't, 
you don't. And if you don't feel like eating what you planned, then you allow your urges. You breathe, open to them, and let them pass. When you plan for what you'll do like this, you won't be prone to acting in a reactive way. You know exactly how you'll handle yourself and which decisions you'll make. So you'll stick to your plan. Having a plan clears up all the decisions between you and your goal. Because there's the decision to set out to achieve the goal that you have for yourself, to set the goal to lose the weight and decide that. But then there's all the decisions in between about how you'll handle your cravings and what you'll eat and all of that. Not making those decisions ahead of time is what grinds you down and shortens your mental and emotional bandwidth and leads you to rely on willpower, to resist your cravings. All that indecisiveness burns up your time and energy and focus. Most of us don't even realize to which extent. And when we don't make decisions, we just end up consuming more food to make up for the fact that we haven't made a decision. So we're trying to manage ourselves consciously, but we're going through our days mostly unconsciously, and that's where we give in to those mindless eating patterns. So implementation intentions are motivating, and they clear up the mental fog between you and your goals. One of the advantages we have as human beings is that we can look into our future and we can plan on what we're going to be doing right now in this present moment. And it gives us so much more freedom to have planned that future moment because then we can relax into the moment knowing that we are prepared for it. We can make those decisions ahead of time about how we'll eat and how we'll use our time. It is true that in the moment, very often, we're not going to feel like doing what we plan. So we just have to plan for that as well. That is how we overcome the primitive brain that likes that instant gratification. When we anticipate the resistance and allow ourselves to become familiar with it, we're much less thrown off by it. We expect to be there. And that increases our confidence that we know how to deal with it. And you're going to want to go back and listen to the episode on how to outwit the craving mind to familiarize yourself with the step-by-step process to be able to do this effectively without relying on willpower. The key is going to be opening yourself up to the discomfort when you don't comply with an urge to eat or any other kind of craving. The more comfortable you get with that discomfort, the less intense it becomes and the less likely it's going to be to overwhelm you and lead to overeating. In those moments, you want to teach yourself to feel your cravings and to become an expert at that. So you train yourself to generate the feeling of confidence that you can manage yourself emotionally without the food or without giving in to the demands of your craving. When you feel that feeling of confidence, you'll be more firm in your decisions. And the more decisive you are, the more committed you'll be because it isn't even up for negotiation in your mind. It's just decided, decision closed. You don't need to use your willpower to follow through. When you keep changing your mind back and forth and creating that internal debate, that's when you need willpower. I want you to anticipate some of the situations where you're likely to use willpower and come up with an if-then response instead. Write down the conditions that lead you to self-sabotage or quit 
Maybe go back into the past and see what some of those things have been and then convert them into an action plan. By imagining all those potential scenarios and running them through your mind and then planning your automatic responses, you can start training your brain to put them into action even before you need to. So the more specific, the better you'll stay on track to ultimately succeed in achieving the results you want. If you find that you keep eating off your plan or have lots of those quote-unquote cheats, and just on a side note, that word, you know, I think people use it kind of permissively as if it's no big deal because it's kind of like a day off. But I do want to point out that really what you're cheating on in those moments is your relationship with yourself. So it's much more important to find a way of eating where you're in integrity with yourself so that you can plan some foods that may not be how you're eating every day and that make you feel good without it feeling like you're cheating on yourself and breaking the rules or something. So if you're doing that, it's probably because in your head you just planned on relying on willpower. Like I'm just going to make myself be good or I'm just going to be harder on myself next time. When you're thinking those thoughts, it's usually a sign that you think you can eat healthy without really planning or making plans that you know you're going to follow through on. So maybe you're making perfect plans, but as you're making them, you already can anticipate that they're going to be too hard to follow or without setting up the conditions to be healthy, right? Of course, you're going to be relying on willpower if you keep stocking up the fridge with foods that you know you're going to have a hard time resisting eating. That is for sure going to backfire and lead to self-sabotage and quitting. Instead of doing an overnight overhaul of your nutrition, I want to encourage you to focus on gradually ramping up doable changes and planning what you're going to eat at least 24 hours in advance. That way, sometimes when you have one of those cravings come on, you're not necessarily saying, well, I'm never going to have that. You can when you sit down to make your next plan, decide whether that's something you want to plan in the coming day. And some of the times you're going to want to put that in and other times you're going to find that the craving has passed and that that's not something that you actually want to plan for the next day. So I want to encourage you to use the 24-hour mindful meal plan as a planning tool and to help yourself make a lot of those decisions ahead of time about what you'll eat. So you have those implementation intentions really clear in your mind it's lunchtime, this is what I plan to eat. You're not having to decide in the moment. It will save you a lot of time and headaches and it will help you conserve your willpower for other things. You can't just give in to temptations and tell yourself next time I'll do better. You need to put into place a mechanism to do what you say you're going to do until it's a habit. You need to reinforce the mental link between the if component and the then component. That way, the if condition triggers the then response without much thought. So we're trying to remove the amount of thinking power we have to make into our decisions. If they come automatically, then you're not using up so much willpower. This is how you develop habits and self-trust. When you have a pre-planned strategy, you'll be more confident around food because of your pre-programmed choices and responses. That's why implementations are so critical. They really produce so much more food freedom. 
If you want to get good at losing weight, you have to get good at making decisions that feel like they're serving you. They feel like you want to be making them. You can't be making decisions that feel like you have to fight yourself on every time and expect that to get you all the way to your goal weight and then to feel good at your goal weight. You have to get good at making decisions that feel good and then automating those decisions. So let me just say this. Willpower doesn't work because we all lack willpower. Every single one of us has willpower in limited amounts. So you're not a special snowflake if you believe you lack willpower. We all do. Remember, people who go on to achieve their goals most often are the ones who bypass even having to rely on willpower. And they do that by planning and making lots of decisions ahead of time instead. When somebody comes to me and they tell me that they just lack willpower and that's why they're not losing the weight, that's usually coming from a place of trying to shame themselves into the changes they want to make. If you think you just need to be harder on yourself, that typically tells me that you are being way too hard on yourself. That's that dieter mentality where you expect yourself to be able to do everything all at once and perfectly. And if you're not doing it perfectly, then you don't see the point in doing it at all. If what it means to you to have more willpower is becoming more authoritarian with yourself, then food is going to feel like relief from all that oppressiveness. Food is going to feel like you're just comforting yourself from all that pressure you're putting on yourself to be better than you think you are. But you have to catch yourself when you think like that because you're telling yourself that you're comforting yourself, but actually you're overeating to escape yourself. You're believing that you need to make yourself better instead of believing that you deserve better, especially from yourself. And that starts with that inner conversation that you're having with yourself around the food and around your weight. It's so important that you treat yourself the way that you want people around you to feel. I think a great question that snaps people out of thinking so self-critically is what decision here is going to move me towards who I want to be? When you take a step back and ask yourself if being harder on yourself is really what's going to move you towards who you want to be, it's a lot more obvious that the answer is no. And then you can ask that question again whenever you have a craving or whenever you have a decision to make around food or your weight loss. What decision here is going to move me towards who I want to be? You can ask that again after you've overeaten something. What decision here is going to move me towards who I want to be? Such a great question to ask yourself because you can get right back into alignment with who you imagine you will become when you have that result. And you can practice being that person now in that immediate decision, in that next best decision. What I work on with my clients in Think Yourself Slim is to get them to a place where they're really good at making decisions, both in the moment and ahead of time making the kind of decisions that move them in that direction of becoming who it is that they want to become in the having of the result. When there's no battle with yourself, there's no battle with the food, so much easier to get yourself exactly to where you want to be. You don't need the willpower to get yourself there. So my reminder to you is this, that you are stronger than you feel at your weakest and more capable than you feel when you feel most depleted. You don't need willpower. 
You just need to be your own hero. Which decision is going to move you towards who you want to be? Make that decision and let that be your power. All right, my friends, have an amazing week. I'll talk to you again very soon. Hey, if you're ready to train your mind as much as you're behind, sign up for the Genius Body. It's my free course, and it's been known to help people just like you start losing some weight starting today. So click on that link in the show notes and let's start a transformation today.